Welcome to episode number 77 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about understanding hybrid mixture explosion hazards. To do that, we have on the call Dr. Emmanuel Adai. Dr. Adai is a PhD in experimental testing and theoretical modeling of hybrid mixtures. Um, in 2016, after finishing his PhD, he transitioned into industry as a consultant and is currently a senior process safety specialist with Stonehouse Process Safety, and he's based out of Houston, Texas. Emmanuel is a certified safety professional and process safety professional. He's also a certified fire and explosion scene investigator. So Emmanuel, I want to say a big welcome for coming on the Dust Safety Science Podcast, and I want to say thank you for coming on for the interview. Thank you very much, Chris, and uh, uh, thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. Excellent. So in the interview today, we're going to be talking about hybrid mixtures. This was a, a topic of Dr. Dai's thesis research. Um, interestingly enough, is also a topic of my thesis research. So where Emmanuel's research was on experimental testing um, and theoretical modeling at closer to industry scale, my research was at much smaller scale, looking at the physics and chemistry um, and computer modeling of, of deflagration flames. So we kind of cover the same topic, but from two different angles. Now, once Emmanuel moved into industry, he got to look at the other side of the coin. Well, how does this actually play out in industry? Um, that's what we want to cover today. What is the gaps between research and hybrid mixtures and actually real-world application? What ways do hybrid mixtures arise in processing applications? And what do we do about the hazards that are associated from uh, Emmanuel's experience here? So maybe a good place to jump in, Emmanuel, is what, what is a hybrid mixture um, for the audience, for those that don't know what that would be? Okay, thank you very much, uh, Chris, once again for this question. So hybrid mixture is uh, a mixture of materials of different state of aggregate. When we come to uh, the field of fire explosion, it involves uh, an explosion which uh, combines materials of different materials of different state. Example is uh, combustible dust mixed with flammable gas or solvent or maybe mixing a mist, which is flammable droplet, and also dust. So these are the hybrid mixture, that is combination of materials of different state of aggregate. And uh, I must also highlight here that uh, when we look at various in, uh, case, cases, there have been uh, several incidents involving uh, hybrid mixtures. And uh, a typical example could be the Western mines in Nova Scotia, where there was a coal dust and methane dust explosion and led to 26 fatalities. And another example could be uh, BPS uh, in United States here, where there was uh, azofen metal pesticide powder and the devolatilized material, and also led to about three fatalities. So the list continues, and as you can see, this kind of mixture is apparent and do happens a lot in industry and it has created a lot of lives. Yeah, and there's there's a couple other examples I can think of as well. We have coal mines with methane and coal dust. You mentioned, a, I think, an example with a dryer where you have a devolatilized gas mixing with the dust as well. In pharmaceutical industries, you have cases where you've added solvents to the dust or um, in liquid form, or you've added the solvent as a, as a gas form to the dust. That could be a hybrid mixture. You see them in nuclear industry where you may have mixtures of um, hydrogen gas and other combustible dust as well. So they are, are prevalent across a couple different industry sets. And as Emmanuel explained, a hybrid mixture is where you have more than one state. So it could be dust and gas, 
or dust and liquid, or even Emmanuel's uh, thesis research, he looked at the case where you had all three uh, mixed together as well in the explosion hazards. What was the main goal from your P- your PhD thesis research, and what was the outcome of that research? So before I go to the goal, let me first of all highlight on their motivation. So uh, first of all, when I was pursuing my master's uh, in Otto von Gallick University in Germany, I was involved in a project uh, which complies mixing flammable solvent with dust. Um, I think that was a pharmaceutical industry. And there I got to uh, know the hazard associated with these kind of measures. And also based on various research I did, I noticed that these kind of measures do okay in industries a lot. And uh, it creates a lot of hazard and also create a lot of uh, uh, incidents where people lose their life, facility lose most of their assets and also uh, create a lot of uh, financial losses. And after digging more into that, I noticed that even though this situation do occurs in the industry, but we still lack several data or data to, uh, to help prevent this kind of incidents. And unlike the single phase material such as dust or gas, which has been studied in detail, have the mixture research were a bit scare. So as a result of that, I decided to pursue my research to help further understand the exposure behavior of hybrid mixtures, especially those areas which has not been touched, such as the uh, three-phase aspects we mentioned, and also uh, droplet mixing with dust or mist or vapor with gases. So these are some of the areas by the time I started my PAD thesis, these are some of the areas which has not been touched. And also the thesis focus on the uh, the explosion severity parameters such as the uh, Pmax and the PDT or the KST and there's ignition sensitivity, such as uh, the minimum ignition temperature, minimum ignition energy, the minimum exposable concentration, and the limiting oxygen concentration. So based on these test results, uh, I also try to propose a mathematical model to help predict the ignition sensitivity of these mixtures, such as the limiting oxygen concentration, minimum ignition temperature, the MEC and the MIE as well. So you made mention of the outcome. Several conclusions were derived from my research work, but I would would like to just give a summary. So the first one is the the boosting of the ignition sensitivity. So adding non-explosible concentration to another component, which is also not explosible, actually increase the ignition sensitivity. That means the minimum ignition energy could decrease, the minimum explosive concentration could also decrease. A typical example is consider maybe a coal with a minimum ignition energy of about 300. So with minimum ignition energy about 300, we could consider as sort of medium rich, not very sensitive material. But adding non-explosive concentration of maybe 2% of methane to this uh, coal at its non-explosive concentration range, we could notice that the ignition energy could decrease 
to around 30, which makes it more sensitive. So this is the first outcome of it. The second outcome was also uh, the increase of the exposition severity. So that means adding non-explosive concentration, either gas or solvent or mist were dust and the vice versa also increased the exposition severity, such as the, the PDT or the PMAS. It sometimes could jump from one level to the other, from ST1 to ST2 and sometimes to ST3. And in addition, based on these test results, because we developed, I generated a lot of or tons of data, uh, I tried to develop uh, mathematical equations to predict these kind of uh, measures. And the developed equations were really good. It was able to give a very good uh, a prediction of the minimum exposure concentration, the MIT, the MIE, and the LOC of these mixtures. And uh, even though the results of the model were more conservative, but it was really good for safety point of view and also within the limit on, of uncertainty. And uh, finally, I would like to mention here that it is always good not to rely on the exposition property of just a single component, but all, but rather consider the measures which are available at a particular facility. So generally, these are some of the uh, outcome of my research, and uh, I think uh, I think most of these uh, findings have been published in uh, various articles in loss prevention. Genomes, hazardous materials, and other uh, genera. And also, the final thesis has also been published as a book, and you can find it on uh, Google Books. So, thank you, Chris. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add a couple things there because I remember when I first saw your thesis research, the sheer number of experiments that you did was, was very high. <laughs> um, uh, hundreds and hundreds of, of tests, which was really, really great to see. That's what kind of allowed the the mathematical models to be developed. And I like the process. So going from the motivation for loss of life, loss of assets, loss of finances in these industries. And the the tricky part is the dynamics of dust deflagration is known to some degree, but then for hybrid mixtures, there's a lot of questions about, well, if you start adding flammable gas, how does that change? And do the the methods that we have for protection, do they still apply? And then you did a lot of testing uh, across the whole suite, maximum pressure, maximum rates of pressure rise, which go into KST, uh, MIE, uh, minimum ignition energy, minimum exposable concentrations, minimum ignition temperatures, and limited oxygen concentrations, four different hybrid mixtures, which allowed you to look at and come up with things like ignition sensitivity being a critical aspect for hybrid mixtures, um, increased explosion severity is something else to look at, and then being able to develop mathematical models. And, and then the end conclusion is, um, like you said, really, when you go into industry, you can't just use the dust material. You can sometimes you can't just use the gas material. You really need to have an idea of what mixtures you're using at your facility, um, and and to do some testing there. And before we, I, I want to go on to see what gaps there were when you moved into industry. But I want to share a, I don't know, a, a story first because hybrid mixtures actually played a critical role in the landscape for understanding combustible dust in the first place. Back in 1885, there's a researcher named Engler. And this is referenced from uh, Dr. Rolf Eckhoff's textbook, Dust Explosions, the Process Industries. And this was before they realized that coal dust was actually a combustible dust that caused an explosion. So they had all these coal mines exploding. And everyone is kind of looking, saying, well, where's the, 
where's the fuel? It must be methane gas leaking in. An angler took methane gas below its flammability limit, put it in a, in a small test tube, and added some coal dust to it, also below its MEC, which he didn't know at the time, but added small amounts of coal dust, and it made an explosible mixture. And he said something like, well, the dust must react because the methane gas alone was enough to cause the explosion, and adding the dust in made it explode. So that led him to realize, hey, coal dust is adding combustion heat to this reaction. And then he realized that, oh, shoot, it's probably the coal dust that's exploding when all these mines are, are blowing up um, around the world. So that was back in 1885. And that discovery through hybrid mixtures then led to um, several hundred years of, of research done in coal mines around the world from Poland to Norway to, to Canada. You mentioned the Western coal mine explosion to uh, to the United States. So it's it, it played a critical role in those early days in understanding combustible dust. And as I always like to highlight that story whenever someone brings up hybrid mixtures. So back in 2016, you moved from your PhD research um, into industry as a consultant um, and a process safety specialist. What kind of gaps were there? So you mentioned what your research covered and what the outcomes were there. But when you went into industry, was there a gap between actually applying these these concepts? Yeah, uh, Chris, thank you very much for this question. Yes, there are a lot of gaps. And as you mentioned, uh, moving, I think that was to mid of. 2016, finishing my PhD and moving to United States here as a consultant uh, and practicing a process safety consultant specific on basketball dust, fire, and explosion for the past uh, almost four years now. I have realized that there are a lot of gaps. The first gap is lack of an awareness. So, generally speaking, there's lack of appreciation of hard emissions. What do I mean by that? People in the industry or most facilities, when they have maybe combustible dust and also they have the gas, they, ha- they don't have the knowledge to understand the, the consequence of these materials mixing. So sometimes when I go to the facilities and uh, I notice that maybe they are dumping powder into flammable solvent, then I highlight that now. You could create hybrid mixtures. They will understand what is hybrid mixture. So I think lack of awareness is still there in the industry where people don't understand how they measure the behavior of these kind of measures. And they don't even understand that these materials also even exist. They don't know the rationale, the combustion mechanism of it. So normally they handle the material as if they are handling only dust. So this is the first gap that I have realized. The second gap here is lack of data of which I think you are aware of it. And I'm also uh, aware of it before both of us started our PhD thesis. And moving to the industry, there's also the same issue here because you go to a facility in which they handle hybrid mixture and you want to assess the risk of that particular process. There's no data. And sometimes they don't want to test because it's very expensive to perform hybrid mixture tests. So it makes it difficult to do performance-based, maybe design, to be able to categorize the risks. So sometimes the facilities will tell, okay, why don't we use the worst-case scenario? And I think we'll get there. Why don't you use the worst-case scenario? Then I always tell them, using the worst-case scenario could also not be helpful because we'll not be able to uh, accurately assess the risks. So that is another gap that I also 
So far, that's lack of data. And other issue that I have also uh, observed as a consultant is most facilities ignore the presence of flammable gas or vapor in their system. An entire focus on the main component, which is gas. For instance, in case maybe a company is uh, handling maybe tons of gas, which is their main component, and maybe they handle maybe some few amount, maybe 10 or 5% of their entire process is combustible solvent or flammable solvent or gas, they think maybe their problem is the dust. So they devise a process, all their preventive and protective measures will focus on only dust and they will ignore the gas or vapor. So this is some of the issues that I have, uh, I have seen so far as a, as a process safety consultant. There are other issues, but just in summary, these are some of the gaps that I have noticed since I moved from research to, uh, to the industry. Yeah, that makes sense. And you highlighted three, lack of awareness, lack of experimental data, and then just, just lack of, of understanding that there is flammable gas in the system, which could be devolatization or pyrolysis um, actually coming from the dust and being drawn out from it, or if there could be adding solvents and materials as well. I want to touch on testing because you, you mentioned that there's a lack of data, but it's also difficult to test hybrid mixtures for a couple of reasons. One, that's more expensive. What is the approach that you typically use for hybrid mixtures when you when you actually need to test them for a facility? Yeah, so thanks a lot. So normally what we do here is uh, in case they need and there's the need for us to do testing and that the client are due to do testing, then we have a big lab in uh, in Princeton. Stone has a very big lab in Princeton. So we are able to modify every equipment in our lab to perform the various things. So whether you want to do the explosion severity, we can modify our equipment to perform such things. The minimum ignition energy, minimum exposable concentration, the minimum ignition temperature. We have the capability in our lab in Princeton to perform all these things. And as you know, based on my research capability, what I have done so far, so I have the in-depth knowledge to turn this equipment to perform hybrid mixtures. So this is the way that we try to do various tests in our lab. And do you, when you're doing that testing, do you test multiple? Because it's harder than just testing for dust. For dust, you can test for the con- whole concentration range. But for hybrid mixture, you have the concentration of the dust and the concentration of the gas. So do you end up testing at different levels of gas concentration or do you try to? Yeah, so what we do here is normally we try to simulate whatever is in the industry. So based on what is occurring in the industry, we try to simulate so if maybe they are handling few percentage of gas and also a lot of dust, we try to vary everything to get the actual maybe parameters such as the minimum ignition energy of the hybrid mixtures by varying various concentration of the gas. Because maybe if you use 5% of maybe the gas, there could be a situation where maybe in a normal situation where they could generate maybe 3% or 4% or 5% or 10%. So we try to uh, to explain the scenario to the facility and tell them, okay, this is the scenario. Maybe let's consider the worst case scenario and also do various testing. Sometimes they prefer us to simulate whatever situation that they have in their facility. But sometimes we also go beyond and above, uh, below and above 
to ensure the safety of the plant. So we sometimes try to vary the various concentration of the gas and the dust. That makes sense to, to look at the different options because it can be quite broad if you were doing hydrogen gas and carbon dust, uh, non, non-activated carbon dust, so low reactivity. You're, you're going to have a, a wide span of, of KSTs uh, from you know, maybe uh, 50 barometer per second, maybe up to 5,000 barometer per second. And it could be dangerous to design for the worst, the, the quote-unquote worst case if you have a dust explosion because your suppression system might activate so quickly that it all settles out before the dust deflagration gets there. <laughs> so you, you need somebody who has some smarts to look at it and say, okay, well, what is the, the realistic scenario? And that's where you know, your, your years of experience come in to help evaluate that. And that, that helps a lot because uh, based on my experience and, you know, in the lab, we did all these tests. We did tons of tests with various concentration. And uh, I worked with hydrogen gas, which is one of the most dangerous gas. So I work with hydrogen. I work with pro, uh, uh, propane gas and I work with methane gas and work with several solvents. So I have maybe hand-on experience on how this kind of material behaves. So because of that, we try to devise a safety way of testing. And uh, I know my uh, our company too, especially uh, my, my, my boss, Rahid, has also over 35 years experience in this. So we, we have the grant to undertake any kind of testing to have every facility to ensure the safety of uh, of the process and the people working there. Yeah, we, we interviewed Dr. Vahid um, Ebedot, Stonehouse Process Safety, back in episode 73 of the podcast as well, trying to get some some of his three decades of experience um, onto, the, onto, the pro, onto the podcast as well. Uh, we talked about experimental testing quite a bit and what some of the gaps are. I think practically something that would be helpful for the audience here, and especially those that are working in facilities, is just to go through some of the ways that hybrid mixtures actually arise in process applications. So we we talked about a couple where you're dumping dust into a solvent, say for a pharmaceutical ap- application, or you have a dryer and the, the dust is devolatilizing or even pyrolysizing. Uh, I'm not going to say that word right on here, but that's what happens when you record live. <laughs> um, there's different ways that the gas can be created that way. What are some other ways that hybrid mixtures arise for fa- in facilities? Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. And, uh, and I think you have said it all. <laughs> How about just add some. Uh, some other uh, ways that uh, this mixture could arise in industrial application. The first one, as you mentioned, is code that is natural occurrence, where we have uh, code that's emitting. And uh, this is something common, as you mentioned in 1845, where uh, uh, August performed his first experiment. And uh, uh, the second one could be uh, fermented gas, as you also mentioned again, where there could be a grain storage of grain and uh, this grain could ferment and also uh, this fermented gas will also be uh, be released and mixing with any fine material or fine grain that will cause explosion and I think I gave several examples in the, in the introduction. Another scenario which is most common and I do see this a lot is uh, dumping combustible dust into solvent. This is something which is common. I see it often, and especially in the pharmaceutical industry, where they could add uh, uh, lettuce or microcrystalline cellulose to uh, either ethanol or methanol or isopropanol, 
And another one could be maybe in pigment industry where they could add a pigment powder into solvent. And also in the adhesive industry where they have uh, solid rubber or resin into maybe solvent such as hazen. So these are generally some of the examples, but there are several examples. But these are some of these uh, measures that I normally encounter as a consultant. And also one kind of measure which is rare to happen, and this was marked the focus of my PhD thesis work, is the three-phase harbor measure. And a typical example is the spray drying system. So for spray dry system, you have um, the slurry, which you spray it as a droplet or a mist, and uh, you have hot air, which is coming from the bottom of, uh, of the spray dryer. It meets the droplet, and some of these droplets will tend to vapor. So I'm talking about solvent-based spray drying system. So you have some of these droplets turning into vapor, and some of these droplets actually will not tend to vapor, so we still have some small mist into the system. And also some of these uh, droplets, which will also turn into powder, we have some of these fine powder in the speed drying system. So this is a typical way of generating also uh, three-phase hybrid mixtures. There are, series, uh, there are several other ways, but based on my experience so far, this is what I have encountered. Yeah, and I'd say one additional one that I just thought of um, that you probably haven't encountered before the fact, but maybe in your investigation work is upset conditions. So even if you don't have as normal operating a hybrid mixture, if you have flammable gas on site um, and that gets released through pipes or, or ducts, uh, you can have a case where an upset condition can lead to a hybrid mixture. And Hagenay's, um facility explosion reminds me of that. Uh, where they had a hydrogen gas release um, and then lots of iron dust. That was mostly a hydrogen explosion followed by an iron dust open deflagrations. But there was certainly an area there for hybrid mixtures and in other processing operations, it, it might be important to consider in your upset conditions, are we going to have a hybrid mixture here? And what does that mean? And I think that leads to the question of, you know, how when you're doing a, a hazard analysis, how is it different when you're looking at hybrid mixtures than when you're just looking at the combustible dust um, alone? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, thanks for the addition. Yeah, so normally, you know, I'll consider the same procedure that I use for dust. However, I'll acknowledge the presence of gas or solvent in my assessment. So um, no, first thing that will come to my mind is go back to the drawing board, which is the, uh, for the fire triangle. You know, for fire triangle, as we all know, we need fuel, oxidant, and ignition source. So the hybrid mixture or addition of a non-exposed concentration of other component into the main component will actually alters the, the, uh, the fuel section of the fire triangle. So that is something that we need to understand. And if it alters the full part of the fire triangle, then it will in turn have effect on both the ignition sensitivity and explosion severity. And as Chris, the two of us know, based on our prior knowledge in our research, and uh, the, from the conclusion of my research, I, I made mention that the explosion severity of hybrid measures could be higher than single component alone. 
So that is where we need to focus more. So sometimes, as I mentioned initially, uh, facilities focus on only the single component. So doing hazard assessment on hybrid mixture, I need to consider both to see what could be generated, what additional fuel is in the system apart from only dust or apart from only solvent. And what are the hazards that these mixtures could add to the already existing maybe single uh, component. So this is some of the stuff that I'll consider. So additional, uh, additionally, I also consider both preventive and protective measures that should be taken into consideration. In this case, I'm not going to consider only a single component, but I have to consider both component or maybe the hybrid mixture. And uh, so as a result of that, facilities needs to uh, focus controlling the flammable atmosphere. That could be done by maybe reducing oxygen concentration in the system. Uh, in case, most, most of the time, this is what I normally see. Most of the companies handling maybe flammable solvent and, and then combustible dust to the flammable solvent, they kind of do partial inerting, try to uh, reduce the oxygen concentration in the system. And um, also they need to ventilate any kind of vapor or gas in the system through the exhaust system. And also um, using local exhaust ventilation to control these dust. So if you're able to control the dust and also the vapor, that the concentration for both mixtures will actually go down. So you will not have a explosive atmosphere. And also to have good housekeeping is also very, very important uh, in the process because even if you are not able to control all the dust, any dust which is released into the, uh, to the, uh, to the room or the process area, you need to clean it more frequent and also ensure that the room is well ventilated so that any addition of solvent, vapor, or gas will be actually be less than a concentration that could pose any kind of hazard. And one thing that we need to focus is also effective control of ignition source. That is very, very important here. So effective control of ignition source is maybe proper bonding and grounding of maybe all conductive components within the process and also grounding uh, of personnel. Because as we all know, human body can generate an energy up to 30 uh, millijoules. And the minimum ignition energy of uh, most of the materials that we handle or for most hybrid mixtures are below that. So when a process handles these kind of mixtures, always they must ensure Controlling of uh, ignition source are very, very paramount to the operation. And also one thing that we need to also consider by is uh, try to prevent spark or electric act through weighted electric equipment. And that is where the problem lies. Because sometimes most facilities consider that, okay, I'm handling gas, maybe let's assume methane with minimum ignition energy of, let's assume maybe, uh, 0.25 or so, and I'm handling maybe methane and I coal, which has over 300. So maybe why can't I use the exposition property of the methane, which is less, like minim less minimum ignition energy and higher severity? But the problem that could be arise here is uh, rating of equipment or classifying an area for dust is different from that of the gas. That is something that we need to notice here. Because NFEA 
497 for gas and uh, uh, the NFPA 499 for gas, you know, the selection of equipment are not the same. So if I consider specifically for gas and they are not dust tied, so that means if any release of dust from the system goes into the motors, electrical balls, or electrical equipment, it will miss penetrate into the system and just cause some kind of a short circuit, which would be a source of ignition. So I will recommend or that facilities which handle this kind of mixture, they do proper assessment, do performance-based design to understand the hazard associated with these mixtures instead of considering just a specific one. And most of the times, people just consider only one specific material and do the hazard assessment. As I mentioned, if the minimum ignition energy of the one component is low, they will just consider it. If the KST of one component is high, they will consider and do their design. But they need to consider these measures. And uh, so I think, Chris, with your question, how consider both materials? Even though I'll have a systematic procedure of doing it by using the same procedure we use for dust, but I'll focus more on these measures, not on a particular component. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And I hadn't thought of the differences between rated equipment and you made a good point that, yeah, it may be rated as per, I think you, you said NFPA 497 and 499. But you need to consider both because if it's if it's dust tight, it might not be gas tight. And if it's gas tight, it might not be the dust could cause rubbing and heat up in different ways. So it really takes an experience, someone who's seen it before, somebody has knowledge and understanding that equipment, to then go and make a performance-based assessment, which is what you know you're doing out there every day. Um, we we appreciate that. I really appreciate you coming on the the podcast and talking through these different aspects around uh, your research gaps between hazard assessment and industry and testing and, and all the different aspects we talked about. Is there anything else that you want to leave the the listeners off with on hybrid mixtures for this episode? Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, so I would like to uh, draw uh, people's attention that uh, hybrid mixture is rare. And uh, it do happens in the industry, as we just mentioned. And we give several situations where these measures could be uh, uh, could be arise. And uh, if these measures ignite, it's very devastating compared to single component. So we need to be aware of this hazard. We don't need to just consider just um, just like that, but we need to ensure that. Any process where maybe any additional component could be generated apart from our main component, as you said, in upset condition, or where it could be a byproduct, we need to consider doing a detailed hazard assessment of the hybrid system, not only gas. So that is something that I would like to share that. And as I said, we are there and based on our in-depth knowledge into the research field and also uh, into these industrial applications, we are always available to help any facility who is going through such problem or who's handled materials of different state of aggregate and to help them to ensure that their operation is safe and uh, people are also safe. That is the most important thing to save life. Thank you. 
Yes, thank you, Dr. Adai. And um, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your your, uh, experience and knowledge and also for the work that you're doing in industry with combustible dust and combustible gases and, and of course, hybrid mixtures like we're talking about today. Okay, thank you, uh, Chris. Uh, Thank you for having me and and giving this opportunity to share our knowledge that we have acquired from both uh, research and also uh, through uh, the industrial application to the dust community. And uh, I hope with this message to make awareness to most people so that uh, they could prevent any kind of incident that could be arise from a hybrid mission. Thank you once again. And uh, I really appreciate once again the opportunity given to me. Thanks, Emmanuel. I look forward to talking soon. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney, and Dr. Emmanuel Adai, and we've been talking about understanding hybrid mixture explosion hazards. We talked about the motivation, the scope, and the outcome from Dr. Dai's research into hybrid mixtures, both experimental testing and also mathematical modeling involving hybrid mixtures of combustible dust and flammable gas, and also hybrid mixtures of combustible dust, flammable gas, and flammable vapors. We talked about what the gaps were that Emmanuel found when he moved from and transitioned from his research um, in academia through to industry as a process safety consultant. And we also talked about what some of the difficulties are, specifically around testing, um, the differences required for doing testing of hybrid mixtures, and also how they arise in the industry. What are different ways you can see hybrid mixtures come up from everything from dumping dust into solvents to upset conditions to fermenting or off-gassing, volatilization or whatever the physical process is that's creating the, the gas inside the system, um, and that's mixing with combustible dust and making a hybrid mixture. We closed off on hazard analysis, and then just some, some closing thoughts that Dr. Dai had. Um, we should not be treating hybrid mixtures as just combustible dust or just flammable gas. You really need to take a, an engineering judgment and a look at it as a hybrid mixture and understanding then what that means for risk and for safety um, and for the hazards that might be involved in your process. I do want to apologize. This is a live recording, and the time recording is uh, April 2020, which many of you will know. Uh, my my son is at home due to the the COVID pandemic. Um, he was crying a bit through the middle. And I'm not sure if I heard some of uh, uh, Dr. Dye's children's halfway through one point as well. So this is what happens when you do live podcast recording. Um, but we do appreciate you listening through. And as always, I just want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe, productive week ahead. I'm um, appreciating everything that uh, Dr. Dye is doing in industries handling combustible dust um, here in the United States, but also everything you're doing in industries handling combustible dust around the world. Thank you.